All right, gang. I know it's almost Super Bowl Sunday, but we got to get back out on the streets. We got to push down the field. We've got to pass the ball because we're not going to get any points if we don't firm up in a tight line. And if we don't uh, pass and uh, play and uh, throw and catch, then we're never going to get a touchdown and all sorts of other football references that happen in this show. Wait, we're talking about RoboCop? Everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show. My name is Drew and welcome back to the more you nerd. We are talking about cartoons, specifically cartoon animated series based off of live action movies. Sometimes live action movies that I can't believe they made a cartoon for. And I'm joined none other than with my Words out of order because it's late and I'm tired and I cannot talk. Miles, how are you, man? I am God, probably along with the listeners, very confused by that intro. Oh, we'll get to that with one of my favorite characters in this show that I can't believe you didn't make a note of that that I did. Uh, we are talking about Robocop. What was it in the third episode? It was in all of the episodes. Oh, Oh, well, I guess we'll go to that. Uh, so, yes, we are talking about RoboCop, the animated series. Now, this <laughs> this series is is interesting in, in many ways, like a lot of uh, properties in in the late 80s and early 90s, a extremely violent R rated film was turned into a cartoon for children. Uh Toxic Crusaders and Rambo are among the other ones. I believe they attempted to make an Aliens one as well. It just never got off the ground, which is why you had that action figure line. The, in action, the, the Aliens 90s. action figure line, which I had a number of them, uh, was oh, I did too. super weird. Well, so, I mean, on one hand, and th this is what I wanted. I wanted something like Robocop to really talk about it because last week was just an oddity with the Karate Kid. This this week is I really wanted to do a month of things like this. Unfortunately, Drew hadn't seen a lot of the source material for the cartoons I wanted to do. Yeah, so the context yeah, yeah. would be lost. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just explaining <laughs> because there 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 is some wild stuff that gets released. And part of it I get because, you know. Kids are always going to be interested in genre characters that look cool. Robocop looks cool. You pass that poster and you want to see that movie. You don't have any context for what is in the movie. You just see that cool looking design of RoboCop. Same with Rambo. You see, you know, the bulked out dude with the machine gun and the red uh, headband. You're like, oh, that looks cool. Because you're not thinking of the content of the film when you're that age. You just sure. want to see that thing. Yeah. So I get it because, you know, they would make toys and the toys would sell. So making a cartoon was probably the, the best move. And this one's interesting. We know we don't have a very long intro for this at all, but this cartoon was made by Marvel Productions and was packaged as part of the Marvel Action Universe programming block. And I for, I forget there was a brief period of time where I think Marvel also produced a comic for, for RoboCop. So, so this is another thing that's really strange about this cartoon series and that this cartoon series aired in 1988. RoboCop came out in 1987. 
RoboCop 2 didn't come out until 1990. So this cartoon takes place immediately after the first movie, as, it, it, though there are some notable differences between it and the movie. But before yes. the second movie, and obviously way before the third movie in the live action TV series that we covered on this show uh, last year and, and a number of things, um, the Marvel Action Universe block, for the record, was uh, a, a late 80s to early 90s uh, block of cartoons that featured things like RoboCop, of course, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon series, the Incredible Hulk uh, live action series, the reruns for those last two reruns of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. But some of the new new things that came out with it were uh, uh, Dino Riders, the TV series Dino, Dino Riders, <laughs> and the very, very, very extremely short lived may only be a pilot X-Men Pride of the X-Men. That's P-R-Y-D-E the uh the kitty pride uh pun name i believe this is the one that if you've ever seen a clip from it has the australian wolverine <laughs> oh yeah i've i i owned this on vhs as a kid because this was you know before the the 94 animated series came out and i remember thinking that there was more like i, I you know we didn't have access to the internet at the time and I, I there was no wikipedia so i always assumed that i had missed some sort of x-men cartoon i didn't realize it was just a pilot and i i remember as a kid really enjoying that pilot because the the character designs are and even some of the uh, the kind of power options are very very similar to the x-men arcade game we may need like to cover that at some point because I, I know I've seen clips from it. I don't think I've seen the whole thing, but that's. Oh, we've got to. Absolutely. That, that's um, getting and, and that's getting it's away funny from that you bring this up because this show. Well, so the, the weird thing is this show is initially, I think they bought like 65 episodes, but they only ever produced 12. And oh no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to confuse with uh, Cardi Kid. They only produced 12. They were supposed to produce 13, which would have been would have been a normal uh, seasonal order. But they Marvel Productions, which was kind of in um, they were part of New World Pictures and money was tight. So they used the budget for what would have been the 13th episode of Robocop to fund the pilot for Pride the X-Men. <laughs> Wild. And which I mean, uh, yeah, we, we need to do a deep dive on Pride the X-Men at some point. I'm, I'm kind of surprised we haven't for as long as we've been on the air um, that that could be could be a lot of fun so we don't have to go too far into that but what's interesting about this is so robocop clearly you know <laughs> makes things a little bit more appropriate for younger viewers uh you know you, even with going as far as even though they're shooting guns they're shooting lasers and not bullets for the most Blue part lasers even though um, RoboCop definitely kills three guys in the first episode. <laughs> oh, 100%. And it does have a little bit more of a sci-fi leaning in some of its stuff. And that said, some of the dark themes of the franchise are still present in this cartoon, and I'm a little surprised. Yeah, so this is where I want to get into to the show itself, and we'll, we'll talk about our cast, because our cast is pretty much the same cast for the movie. You've got... Uh, you've got murphy aka robocop you've got ann lewis his his uh his sidekick his partner you've got uh their sergeant uh sergeant uh reed 
who Sergeant Reed is the one who's dropping all of the football references in every single line that he Ow. says. <laughs> he makes a football reference, and it is so funny to me. Um, interestingly enough, the music in this show is done by uh, Haim Saban and Shuki Levy, who would later go on to produce a number of shows, including the Power Rangers. Well, keep in mind, this was the same production company that did that went on to do the 94 X-Men cartoon, which was produced by Saban. I, I, you know, I, I think I'd forgotten that. I think I'd blocked that because out. Because the same composer who did the Power Rangers theme song also did the X-Men theme song. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but so, Saban, yeah, Saban definitely had his fingers in a lot of a lot of pies pre Power Rangers. And I think people don't always realize that. So so to get into the show, this show does take place in an alternate universe to the movie. A lot mm-hmm. of the same things happened in the movie, but things like uh, Clarence Boddicker and his gang are not dead. They are on the run. But we do in the opening sequence see them gun down Alex Murphy. And I was honestly kind of shocked to see like that was clearly a, re- a rendition of uh, Kurtwood Smith. I I was frankly taken aback by that <laughs> the first time I saw the the pilot. <laughs> uh, so so let's get into into the, the episode one uh, episode one entitled crime wave and this is where we have a number of new characters that are not characters from the movie but are characters i believe created for the cartoon Uh, because again i looked the comics hadn't happened yet the comics wouldn't happen until 1990 um but what had also happened is an entire line of toys for robocop featuring characters like robocop and wheels wilson and birdman barnes and my favorite, Ace Jackson, uh, all part <laughs> of the RoboCop Ultra Police uh, line uh, with with it, bad guys like Headhunter and Nitro, who Headhunter eventually shows up in the in the in the show. I think Nitro is one of the gang members in, in one of the gangs. And there was a later line of figures that included other characters like Dr. Mac- Dr. McNamara, which we are going to be introduced to right here in the first part of the of, of this episode, who the whole point of this episode is that Dr. McNamara doesn't like RoboCop. He wants to replace RoboCop with an Ed 260, which is upgraded version of the Ed 209, which confused the crap out of, out of me as a kid, because I never I think I watched maybe rented one tape maybe as a kid but i remember seeing the movie and he's called ed 209 and then seeing the toy at toys r us and it's ed 260 and being very confused at to what this thing was supposed to be called (laughs) so this is where i have to say when it comes to the robocop cartoon i think the robocop cartoon is in some ways extremely honorable to the campiness of the robocop movies and i say this because dr mcnamara tries to to sell uh the old man who is the leader of ocp omni consumer products on using the ed 260 for traffic control at which point you then see basically an ed 209 robot with a <laughs> with a red yellow green stoplight on it as it turns and directs traffic and then as somebody does an illegal turn blows up their car and then goes on a rampage as everybody else starts freaking out and 
<laughs> to which he starts shooting all the cars on the road and then saying that all of these will be uh, all all the collateral damage will be taken at owner's expense owner's expense owner's expense it is so funny and so robocop that's such a robocop thing it's it is very funny it's it's interesting using that kind of humor with a without the sharpness and i think that it it softens the landing of the joke like it, it's still like a funny gag but without some so dr mcnamara is an odd choice to me because he hates robocop because he wants his invention to be the the breadwinner for ocp and so they have this corporate angle which is something that's pr- very present in all three robocop movies and so i like that they kind of keep that even though it's not something kids are going to really follow and it's weird for him to have such a vendetta against RoboCop when it's his own ineptitude that's the problem. Like he blames RoboCop, but it's like you, know, you didn't design this thing right. <laughs> yeah, this thing doesn't work very well. It, yeah, it does not work. The one thing he does decently is something that happens in an episode that Drew didn't watch because I was following a YouTube playlist that incorrectly <laughs> labeled something episode three. I didn't. I didn't think to check. So I watched episode five, and he watched episode three. Um, there is an episode that Dr. McNamara creates basically a kind of an exo squad type suit for somebody, and it actually functions pretty well. So it's not that he's untalented. He's just kind of a moron and petty. <laughs> um, and, and insofar that because he fails, he hires this gang called the Vandals to beef up the crime stats so that RoboCop will get blamed. And it's it, it, and when we're introduced to the Vandals, you can 100% see the toy tie-in idea. So not only does RoboCop have a pretty dope, cool car with rocket launchers and things like that. Oh, it's awesome, yeah. The Vandals have a guy that wields a chainsaw, a guy that wields a, 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 a flamethrower, you have a guy that makes a whole bunch of cool cars that are all beefed up, including one that we see later later called a killdozer, which I'm surprised they called it a killdozer, but it was the 80s. Um, yeah, that, that, that stuff flew. And honestly, this this show was a lot more violent than I expected it to be. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 all cartoon violence. I mean, you see a helicopter get taken down and you see the it crash and the guys jump out and run away. It's not like you see a lot of of on screen yeah, no one's death. burning alive <laughs> yeah but uh but but and of course obviously because it's a cartoon robocop yeah. moves a lot faster than he does in the movie <laughs> which uh, i honestly like it's it's been my always my consistent problem with that franchise is that they don't ever try to like improve robocop's mobility and Ro- robocop is like a live action tank control like yeah. Resident Evil. If that was a true live action representation of Resident Evil, that's how Robocop moves. And so I appreciate that he's a little more limber. He's a little faster. In fact, um, the the doctor. Uh, what is her name? Dr. Uh, Dr. Tyler. Tyler. She's consistently trying to, like, improve his reaction time and by, by like point zero two percent and. And stuff like that. And I, I appreciate like having kind of a consistent story uh, reason present as to why he moves a little bit better. I do appreciate that 
a lot, even though he's still kind of he's still kind of Robocop. He's still slow in some instances. He's kind of lumbers on. They do. Um, ha- they do, however, give him a little bit of a he, he wisecracks a little bit like uh, he takes off his helmet all the time. He's very much more human. Like the thing about Robocop that gets to me is that he grunts when he's like lifting things. And it, it's weird to me. I don't remember him doing that in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and what's interesting to me is they do a, a better job than I expected of bringing up the theme of his humanity in uh, the second episode. They we we see that in what is a consistently awkward relationship with Ann Lewis. She's taken Robocop out to dinner at a she's, fancy restaurant. She's dressing up nice. She's got a dress on. Robocop is Robocop. He takes his like, helmet off at the table and freaks everybody in the restaurant out. <laughs> well, and he see, that's the thing is where he he picks up that everyone's staring at him and he says he doesn't feel comfortable. And I, I was like, this is a really interesting thing to bring up. I'm honestly impressed they did it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I do commend the show for kind of adapting the concept far more seriously than I expected them to. It's still very much a kid's uh, cartoon. But it's I mean, I wouldn't say it's P-13 by any stretch, but it's it definitely pushes the Y7 for sure. Yeah, I can see that, um, especially in comparison to a lot of what passes for for violence in some content today. Like if it wasn't for all the guns, uh, because there are a lot of guns in this show, some of which look very real and some of which look very fake and sci fi. Uh, it, it that that's definitely a, a, a thing. Um Episode two is funny to me because it introduces uh, the the villain of the piece called the Scrambler. He's never given scrambler. a name. <laughs> he's the Scrambler. Yeah, see, I'm gonna, that, I'm gonna scramble Robocop. He's this, yeah, he's this doughy hacker who talks like he's Al Capone and and who uses the prison's library's computer to hack OCP and get control of Robocop, which I just. I love because none of the password stuff in this is right. No, <laughs> it doesn't it, work because they blame the fact that she left the screen open. And that the password was there. Uh, but she's changed um, the password by the end of the episode. We, we didn't even finish talking about the first episode because. McNamara hires the vandals to start a crime wave. This crime wave is literally two instances. They attack a mall. <laughs> They attack them all. Doesn't go great for Robo. And then the next time they attack something, Robo takes them out. I know we only have 20 minutes, but the stakes seem kind of small when they they took so little time with the crime wave. You say that, but the the amount of collateral damage that happens in in this episode is ridiculous. And Uh, I don't disagree with that, but it's still not a crime wave. The amount of collateral damage that happens in episode two is ridiculous. (laughs) It's hilarious. I mean, at at, at the point, the the amount of damage that's done in this episode, you it makes you call into questions like maybe the Robocop program does need to be shut down because they basically wasted the city because someone got into Robo's head. And well, and he used and, and, the, and, the, and there's no ramifications for that whatsoever. The scrambler, you know, like that's the thing that's the the least convincing thing is that the scrambler uh, hacks into Robo and takes control of him, and Robocop just gets up, and walks out, and breaks into a prison 
they don't have any of this on camera. Nobody they're they're counting on eyewitness testimony for how this happened. And it's like, you guys don't keep a camera on the Robocop room where aren't, you keep I think Robocop. I think you have to track Robo what Robocop sees. <laughs> like this And the Robo and, and the best part is like Robocop like wakes up in his chair and is like Oh, you know, I've been here all night. What's up? Yeah, I've been sleeping. Because he doesn't remember. Um, but the, the, for me, though, the, the the biggest weird thing is this romantic angle they do with Lewis. Like, Lewis is always trying to take Robocop out, uh, always trying to do extracurricular activities, always trying. I, I, I appreciate the fact that she appeals to his humanity, always trying to treat him like a person. And that's something that she consistently does throughout the show that we that we watched. But there is an additional interest there that's not present in the films. There's never a romantic angle with Ann Lewis and Alex Murphy. And the cartoon makes it seem like she had it bad for Murphy and that didn't go away. Yeah. And and they don't mention, at least in the episodes that we watch Murphy's family or his past. She is still, Lewis is still the only person to call him Murphy all the time, which is consistent with the movies, but I, I yeah, everyone else seems to feel like RoboCop is like a mild co- inconvenience at best. <laughs> like other cops hate him. Like the Sarge who's team RoboCop through the entire movie series is kind of ambivalent towards RoboCop. Like <laughs> Ann Murphy is the only person that I mean, it's maybe Dr. Tyler and her lab assistant. Well, so Dr. T- but that's that's another thing. Dr. Tyler is so much about his robotic body yeah she still thinks of, of him as a tool and i love that because she's like well this this just proves that he's a machine to which ann lewis says that's a pile of red cabbage <laughs> yeah well we'll get into the episode that i watched that you didn't watch uh, in, in a minute because there's a, a lot that happens there that makes you it's very confusing so what i love about this episode because is is that it is so ridiculous so the scrambler it turns out used to work for ocp and he has beef with the old man. So he breaks out of prison and gets Robocop to go do things like break into a bank vault to which Robocop steals a whole twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's just like, man, inflation. Uh, but by this point, the uh, the scrambler has changed from his prison costume to his like, I can't wait to get my scrambler in his suit action figure. <laughs> Just like a weird costume change. He's not wearing like a cool, like hacker costume. He's just wearing a suit, you know, what yeah. are you, what are you going to do? Um, and, and of course, Robocop uh, goes up and, and he attacks the, the old man, but then Lewis comes in and stops him and saves the day and they find the scrambler and they get him. Uh, like the, these plots start off pretty good. They don't always end very well, um, which is fine. But but Miles, yeah, I mean, I, I need to tell you about episode three, Project okay. Death Spore. Because I feel bad that you didn't watch this much like I feel bad that I didn't watch episode five, because looking at the description, episode five sounds really good. So episode, well, it sounds it's, it's a cool idea. The execution is fine. Um, It's. I don't know. Let's tell me about Death Spore. Okay, so Death Spore, a a scientist is working on something called the Death Spore. The purpose of the Death Spore is that it absorbs energy. 
So what do you do when you have a country that is not following your lead? You send into the death spore to attack their power plants and knock them offline until they fall in line. A very supremely RoboCop OCP plot point. Yes. Well, what is the death spore? It is a green blob of vine-like things that almost immediately escapes. <laughs> of course, as, as you do. Meanwhile, RoboCop and Lewis are, have been staked out trying to catch some bad guys for several days in the coldest, rainiest weather that they have had in a long time. Uh, they, they uh, of course, capture those bad guys and then encounter the Death Spore, which seems to take some energy from from RoboCop growing larger in the process. But what has happened to RoboCop in all this time? RoboCop's got a cold. Oh, no. He catches <laughs> a cold and every time he sneezes, it strikes lightning. <laughs> <laughs> so, meanwhile, the, the Death Spore, and again, I'm surprised they call it a Death Spore, uh, it has it has uh, started siphoning energy from different parts of the city and it is growing incredibly large. Is Robocop going to fight a kaiju, Miles? Yes, Robocop is going to fight a kaiju. But before Robocop gets the chance to. The the OCP, the OCP scientists who created the death spore and the the Detroit cops have to use plan A. What is plan A to catch the death spore, Miles? I'll give you one guess. Is it a giant what? net? You bet it's a giant net. Oh, my God. <laughs> Does the giant net work? No, no it doesn't. Do, what's plan B? A bunch of ice beams. You're going to freeze it. Do the ice beams work, Miles? No, I don't know. Do they? They don't. Uh, meanwhile, as, all, as this is going on, uh, OCP is about to launch their first nuclear fusion power plant. Yes, a nuclear fusion power plant, which is being protested by people, uh, including one guy who constantly says off screen. Nuclear fusion causes confusion, which is oh. just funny to me, because then uh, the, the but they set this guy up and then uh, the, the death spore attacks and nearly destroys the power plant. To which point the guy in the background again off screen says nuclear fusion caused this <laughs> it's so it's so funny it's so funny but again and i talk about how this show is very on point for robocop at a certain point the the old man the leader of ocp is you know introducing the power plant to to the the public uh, and he gets pulled aside by this the scientist as the 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 monster attacks. And the scientist is like, oh, we've got to stop it before it gets to the nuclear fusion plant or all or because if it does, then all is lost. To which point there's a brief pause when the old man just looks at the camera and says. And profits will fall. And that's such a Robocop statement. That's such an OCP old man statement. Um, and then for some reason, Robocop absorbs the energy from a nuclear fusion plant and dives into the monster and the monster disappears. I don't exactly know how that episode ends. Uh, it doesn't really make any sense, but Robo has saved the day somehow. I don't know. Um, but yeah, 
And those are the three episodes of RoboCop that I watched. So the third episode that I watched was The Man in the Iron Suit. And it opens up with a bunch of cadets in, in training at, at the police academy, which the cops seem to have their own danger room because it's got robots and who also use laser beams and flame walls and all this stuff that looks like the, the danger room from the 80s in the X-Men comics. Uh, so uh, a recurring character, Lieutenant Roger Hedgecock, uh, shows yes. off. By the it, way, it's, it is Hedge, not Hitch. It's Hedge, and that threw yeah. me off quite a bit. So he's an older a cop but still pretty limber and so he shows off in front of the cadets and and does a record time and oh i'm getting too old for this and then robocop shows up because dr tyler wants to test his reflexes because she's tweaked him a little bit and so he does this uh this whole course in half the time so of course hedgecock who already doesn't like robocop i think he's a, he's the cop that kind of shows disapproval because he's trying to go on dates with ann lewis and ann lewis ain't having it Apparently, this is a and, minor character from Robocop that I do not remember. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just he's in the pilot episode. He's the one that he's the cop that doesn't like Robocop. And so he storms off at the same time. Dr. McNamara is talking to the old man and, and ends up bringing up a good point. You know, Robocop is only one thing. Uh, how I work on something that can help carry the carry the load you know i can work on something that can be just as effective and so the old man gives him some money to to work on something he basically makes this exosuit and has lieutenant hitchcock or hitchcock uh pilot it in an attempt to for some reason they forget about the whole coexisting and fighting crime part and they have a (laughs) obstacle course at the police academy of which robot is better you know the exosuit piloted by dr uh, by uh, officer hedgecock or robocop and then whichever whichever one wins the other gets deleted which again is is (laughs) uh not conductive to what the old man was initially pitched <laughs> and 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 the old man is like, well, this will show me which which product is more valuable. And so here's the other thing is like neither of these things are producing money. So I don't think either of them are necessarily valuable. If, if anything, they cause more property damage than anything. So <laughs> I, the, the 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 profit aspect is is uh, suspicious. But. During this part, Ann Lewis gets involved and ends up getting hit by the exosuit and a bunch of trash falls on her or something or all this heavy metal scrap falls on her and robocop thinks she's dying but his he's been so damaged through through this competition he can't read her vitals and so she's passed out he thinks she's dying so he goes berserk and like not only does he destroy the suit like he's taken he takes the cop out and almost murders him (laughs) Like has his fist up in the air and is like, ah, and that's when Ann Lewis wakes up and appeals to his humanity. And he, you know, lets lets the officer go. But like he was a legit about to murder this person, which on one hand, really compelling plot device. Really weird in a kid's cartoon. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's very, and, very RoboCop like TV series, like the live action TV yeah. series. And well, the thing is, like the old man's like, oh, well, you know, RoboCop's more valuable. But, you know, you know, he almost lost it today. We need to keep an eye on that. And it's it's a, the, the problem with this show is it tries to do it tries to have its cake and eat it, too. It tries to be an entertaining kids show with cool designs to sell toys at the same time. It does try to maintain some of the things that make RoboCop RoboCop. And that makes for a very tonally inconsistent show. Yeah. It's so, not not bad, but it's just it's weird. And this is where I, I feel like I, I would like to watch more episodes of the show just to see it. Like we skipped episode four, which apparently RoboCop goes up against a high tech version of the KKK. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish we watched that one. Um, uh, then then there's there's things like a, a Robin Hood character that's playing out. And then there's a gang warfare thing because of police weapons getting stolen. And then there's a whole middle east peace thing and there's pollution from an ocp plant and 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 of course the the show ends episode 12 clarence boddicker the guy who kills alex murphy and is responsible for him becoming robocop and his gang show up and this is an episode that also features ace jackson wheels wilson and birdman barnes the members of the ultra police that uh we don't see in the rest of this <laughs> yeah I think, I think i think that was like the pitch was like they wanted to introduce the ultra police and it was going to be like that was gonna be the show um there's one episode that's uh written by marv wolfman who is an acclaimed comic book writer um yeah, most known for like his run on like teen titans and crisis on infinite earths like big 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 comic book writer never and heard I, of him. i'm really in- i'm kidding yeah <laughs> i know you have um so I, i'm really interested to see what he he came up with i mean I, I can read the the you know the synopsis but i'm i'm really curious and then you got you got a couple other comic book writers one of one of whom uh donald glutt who wrote the novelization for Empire Strikes Back and worked for Marvel? I I would very much like to to see some of this stuff. So it, it's it's John, interesting John, because John Shirley wrote the the KKK uh, episode. And yeah, he, he's, he he's done, the, he's done some Constantine stuff. He wrote the Crow. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. <laughs> well, I mean, he wrote the the screenplay. Yeah, that's the screenplay. And like uh, James Elmore wrote the, the comic. Rich Rich Fogel, who wrote uh, the 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 first couple of episodes has written on nearly everything including mm-hmm. not not <laughs> including but not limited to uh of course robocop muppet babies ducktales goof troop which captain realize Planet muppet the- babies ran for 8 seasons muppet baby what muppet babies ran for 8 seasons wow it has 105 episodes 107 107 wow but I I, I I only know this because i was looking at the marvel productions and what else they were putting out and i saw them up the babies on there and i was like oh that's wild i didn't realize it was that early because that was on tv when i was a kid <laughs> but he, and it ran for eight seasons <laughs> but, uh, but rich fogel also wrote on certain things like uh batman the animated series batman beyond justice league young justice <laughs> a number and you see of this things. a lot with like properties like this i, I like like uh uh jay, jay michael wrote for the real ghostbusters this kind of stuff happens 
all the time at, at this point because you know they're trying to they they need bodies and you have people who are proven writers who can get the stuff done. Um, comic book authors are usually a good choice for that. And I I gotta say. I, I kind of went into this this show a little leery. I was expecting kind of to have a similar experience to the Karate Kid, but worse. And and there there are things about this show that I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. But there's there's a lot about this show that I think is is strangely compelling and honestly surprisingly quality for for what it is because it's such an it, odd product. These R rated series adaptations are weird and it's 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 notable that it is still very much robocop up to including media break the t- the tv news <laughs> yeah. the tv news thing that breaks up the movies and breaks up the the live action tv show there are media break bumpers in this yeah <laughs> in this show <laughs> and it's like this is very much a a g-rated tv y7 rated robocop series it's not great but it's not bad it's weirdly compelling um i i know i I, 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 I had a pretty good time with it i and i know that that the the subsequent series that came out i think 15 years later alpha command is from what i hear not as dark as this uh and it got 40 episodes so yeah um so i'm i'm really i'm really curious robocop is such an odd property it really is like if you think about the movies and the tv show the games the comics like everything is kind of all over the place but i also really love it (laughs) yeah um and i do i do want to throw out there's not a ton of the cast that i could recommend recognize from from uh a lot of stuff like all of this cast has been in a lot of stuff some of them were in the Karate Kid. Some of them will be in the show that we watch next week. But I do want to call out uh, Susan Roman, who is the voice of Ann Lewis. She is most notable for, I mean, she's in a ton of stuff herself. But one of her biggest roles is she is the voice of Lita, Sailor Jupiter, in uh, the Sailor Moon dubs. And she is the, oh. and she is the only actor to be in every dub of every era of sailor moon (laughs) interesting she is she she is the one playing sailor jupiter she her her dub is consistent which which is notable if you know anything about sailor moon is that they they did half of the second season of sailor moon and they stopped and they didn't come back to that for years later uh and uh she she participated in in that which is pretty wild and pretty cool huh um so with that said like i know this is rounding out to be kind of a short episode um miles final thoughts on robocop so uh, if if you're if you're morbidly curious like you know the two of us were i would recommend checking this show out i mean you can find it on youtube in pretty good quality yeah i'm uh, surprised by that and and i mean i know that, that there have been dvd releases so you can probably try to hunt those down as well um, it's, it's an interesting show. I, I think you will probably have the same experience. There are some episodes that do seem like a drag and there are some episodes that are frankly very silly, but it is interesting to, to, to watch a production company really, really try to keep the spirit and the integrity of the RoboCop, like, I guess the, the Paul Verhoeven film specifically 
because that was the only thing that existed by this point (laughs) yeah while also making a children's cartoon and and this is this is where i do have to say like comparing this to karate kid karate kid is way different yes they nail the writing for mr miyagi in a lot of bits that we saw in the karate kid cartoon but this nails a lot more of the feel of the world of RoboCop and Detroit and Delta City. And that is what surprises me the most about this. It definitely feels like a companion to the live action series. Yeah, for sure. Like, they, those two would go hand in hand very, very well. And, and, and imagine my surprise when I see that this is like years before the companion series it's years before the second robocop movie that is the most surprising thing about this for me yeah i mean and this this happened i mean i really really would have wanted to do toxic uh crusaders because that is a wild i mean toxic avenger is a trauma movie it's the movie that really puts trauma on the map but it's also like you know low budget i mean <laughs> as problematic as you think it might be and they made a children's cartoon out of that and i think I, that's what's so fascinating i remember to me the toxic is, crusaders being on tv but i've never seen the 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 movie i i love taking these weird r-rated properties and making children's programming out of it i think i think that is so fascinating the, the only downside to me about this is that no one in the episodes that we watched said, I'll buy that for a dollar. I really wanted that to happen. Yeah, I, I definitely wanted that. I definitely. I, like I said, they, they do an interesting job marrying the two things. It's it's interesting that it exists as as it is. And so I definitely think it's worth watching. I think it's a cool experience. I mean, it's it's still 80s cartoon writing, so you're not going to walk away, you know, fully satisfied that you had a, you know, a meaningful experience. But it's it's a fun cartoon. And I think probably. uh, The well. It's not the most R rated we're going to go this this month, but it's it certainly has the source material that is the the most wild because you know robocop was initially rated x i would i would consider the original robocop being the darkest source material that we have yeah for for this month for this month um and i'm i'm we're gonna we're gonna do a complete 180 in in tone for for next week (laughs) so next week we are gonna gonna revisit something much like we watched the karate kid movies uh, uh, at least the first couple of them on the show a while back. We watched RoboCop. We've watched a lot of RoboCop on the show. Yeah, because we watched the first two movies for Patrick's birthday. We watched the right. first two movies for Patrick's birthday a couple of years ago. And of course, we covered the some of the, the live action series. Well, this is we another one that we, <laughs> that we have uh, we have covered on the show. I think we've covered it on the show. We uh, did, we, yes, we did. We covered uh, one movie. But we are going back to the well in one of the most interesting, and I don't want to say why it's interesting uh, until next week. You'll have to tune back in. But we are going to be watching the first three episodes of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, the 1990 animated TV series uh, starring Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan as they go across time and space uh, with Rufus to 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 solve problems and learn something uh and i believe you can watch this free on the roku app yes uh we we looked this up it it is currently free on roku 
um, on the Roku online. Uh, I didn't know they were doing that, but very cool. Uh, righteous. Uh, cause a DVD of this costs $200. So, <laughs> so, uh, I, I do like that. A lot of these like free channels are like kind of scooping up some of these weird shows that like, haven't seen the light of day. I'm waiting for someone to get saved by the build a new class or California dreams, but that's, that's still a long day off. Oh, you know, uh, I, that's a whole other conversation for a, for a topic I thought I would pitch to you, but I apparently you're already ahead of me, <laughs> but, uh, so I, I'm clearly I'm in. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is an odd one. We'll talk about why, but this is also one that has two full seasons. Uh, or at least two seasons that were done for a total of 21 episodes, which will be the longest one we've looked at. Although we are still only going to watch the first three. Uh, so that is what we're doing next week. Of, cro- of course, uh, you can check that out on Roku on the Roku. I, I, I looked for Bill and Ted cartoon streaming and it took me to just watch it took me to Roku. And I didn't even have an ad to start watching it, which is pretty dope. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, if you would like to reach out to us and tell us what you thought about RoboCop, what you thought about Karate Kid, or what you think about Bill and Ted, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com with all of our past episodes. You can tweet to us at themoreyounerd. You can go to facebook.com slash themoreyounerd. And you can email us themoreyounerd at gmail.com. That's themoreyounerd at gmail.com. Until next time, we end the show as we always do with a rousing... Nerd. Nerd. Ouch. Ouch. Creep. <laughs> <laughs>